Joining us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line, where you can get $100 off a redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit your local Sprint store for details. It's Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. I'm doing good. How's it going, guys? We're doing well. Let's not uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Does it end tonight? I kind of think it does. I mean, it's kind of strange. To, it feels weird to say that. But, uh, you know, look, the Warriors with their backs against the wall, at home with momentum after the last win, uh, last night at Oracle, playing for Kevin Durant. Like, the motivation is all there, right? Like, they've got all the intangibles. But not having Kevin Durant and uh, Kevon Looney's questionable. He'll probably, my guess is he'll play, but he'll be limited. It's just the matchups get hard for them, right? That's been the problem all series is they, they win if Kevin, if, uh, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry go off again, and that could happen. But it probably takes something like that because Draymond Green, Green is going to get exposed again. And, you know, this means Alfonso McKinney is back on the floor, and that's not, that's not good for your defense. Um, you know, Quinn Cook is going to be out there more. Just, once they get into the bench, it gets much more one-dimensional, and the Raptors have been the better team in that situation pretty much all series. Can we talk to Marcus Cousins for just a minute? Because when I'm watching Kevon Looney roll out onto the court with that fractured cartilage in his sternum, yeah. looking like he's near death, and I'm watching Andrew Bogut rotate minutes with Kevon almost in an effort to avoid putting DeMarcus on the court and yep. then putting putting DeMarcus on the court, and he gives you seven quick sp- points, yeah. hits a big three, and then has a knucklehead moment with 15 seconds left on a moving screen. Like, let, let's just talk DeMarcus Cousins. How do What's the <laughs> usage, and where is he mentally? Well, where is he ever mentally? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's always been the big question. He can do some things. I mean, look, he's still a big physical force inside. And the funny thing is, I don't think, like, if I was a GM looking for a center, I'd still seriously consider um, consider him, you know, at the right price, or more importantly, frankly, right years. Like, it's, I don't want to give him more than, I mean, two would pretty much be the max, because I'm just not sure. But in a regular season game, you know, in a – Tuesday night against Memphis somewhere, like he's going to have, or you know, wherever he's going to have some value at the highest levels right now. He just can't move well enough in space. Um, he's he can get in and bully them and get them some rebounds and, and maybe shoot a three or two, but his conditioning obviously, understandably, isn't where it needs to be. And beyond that, it, they're just exposing him. I mean, that fourth quarter run, Lowry had a bit, then obviously the ten points with with uh, in a row or ten points in a row with uh, Kawhi Leonard. A lot of that was just targeting, like trying to get a switch and going at DeMarcus Cousins because he can't move in space. So they, they're really going to struggle defensively if he gets a lot of minutes. Is there a team out there that would offer the max to Kevin Durant pre-injury but would not after the injury? Because I still think he's going to have a long line of suitors, won't he? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I don't know of anybody who was lined. I have not heard of anybody who said, you know, now we're out. I, I, and, yeah. and that might include, by the way, like the only team I could see along those lines – might be the Lakers, because and they weren't really in the mix. He pretty much said midseason he didn't want to go to that circus, um, and they, you know, because of the LeBron James timeline, because you don't really have a year to waste of waiting for him to come back. That one might make some sense, but it's kind of moot because they were never in the mix anyway. And the other teams that were, you know, Nets, Clippers, um, Knicks, obviously, all those teams were they won't even blink. Like, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll wait a year. So. I don't think his market changes at all. The real question, guys, isn't it, did his mindset change? The 
Well, I guess that's an interesting question. Do you think, and I guess it's really hard to climb inside that brain and see exactly what's going yeah. on there, but do you think it, do you think it will change um, his, his thought process of where he ends up? Very possibly. I mean, again, I, it, like you said, it's just kind of hard to guess what he's thinking anyway. But on top of that right now, I mean, to be fair, I doubt he's fully processed all this, really, right? I mean, he's still yeah. emotionally dealing with yep. all this. Uh, there's just no chance he's come through. But that said, does I mean, I guess the question internally for him becomes, hey, if I, re- you know, he's going to opt out and, and re-sign even if he stays in Golden State because $6.7 million more dollars. But let's say he does that, or does he feel comfortable? Because if he's got to go through a year of rehab, does he feel comfortable with their medical, you know, with their medical team? Does this, does this drive them towards him? Because, hey, I know these guys. I'm comfortable here. By the way, our new arena is right by my house. Um, all the training stuff is going to be in there. This is going to be, this is going to be where I want to be because I'm comfortable here for a year. Or is it the opposite? Does he just now does he want out even more? And I, I'm not even going to begin to speculate as to what's going on in his head. But that's the real question that nobody, I think, really has the answer to yet. Where are we at with Kawhi Leonard? Uh, he's really good. Uh, first off, I think we can establish that. Um, mentally, you know, I, 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 he's obviously playing a little hampered this series, but he's playing so well. I would say the general consensus now is that he's going to sign a, a short-term deal. I mean, nobody, again, nobody knows. If you think reading Kevin Durant's hard, you know. <laughs> there, there are rocks that I've gotten better interviews from than, than Kawhi Leonard. But the sense is that he's probably going to sign short here. Uh, two, in, in Toronto, two plus one, one plus one, or something like that. Then he does want to be in Southern California, and whether that's with the Lakers or Clippers, that might wait a couple, a year or two, just because they want to ride out this window. That their window isn't that long, is it, guys? I mean, Kyle Lowry's not young. So how much are you going to get Serge Ibaka like this every year? I mean, Pascal Siakam's on the rise, but this is a this is a team whose window is now in the next couple of years. So maybe he just rides that out. Hmm. Kurt Heelan, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. A, uh, you know, a, you got Boston, you've got L.A. included on the AD talks with New Orleans. Uh, the number four overall selection could be up for grabs. Considering that L.A. may not be a prime destination right now for free agents, free agents is this kind of uh, their hope of trying to find a way to get themselves relevant without having to count on a free agent signing with them? Absolutely, because if you think about the think about who we're talking about, I mean, Kevin Durant has said he wouldn't go. Uh, I, 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 I think I've told you guys, I heard this from sources going back to last summer. Kawhi Leonard will not be a Laker this summer. He, if he comes to, if he decides to leave, he'll be a Clipper, not a Laker. Um, now you're down to I, Kemba Walker. There's a lot of buzz now that he's kind of he's kind of letting it be known he's probably not leaving Charlotte, and, um, but that seems to be the buzz anyway around the league. Now you get into like Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. What if they get Mac? What if Philly just goes all in and maxes those guys? I mean, where's I don't know where they're getting this guy. Clay Thompson's not leaving, so they are kind of all in here. I think they need to be, and that's that's the leverage the Pelicans have right now. I mean, they're trying to say, hey, the, the Celtics are still in this. We're not quite sure what the Celtics are willing to put in the deal now. You know, the, the, the Nets and the Clippers are on the fringes or whatever. But I think that you know, look. If I'm the Pelicans, I want the best deal I can. And by the way, the best deal I can is to get Kyle Kuzma. That seems to be the sticking point. Um, either Kyle Kuzma gets in this deal or the Lakers find somebody who will give them something for the number four pick that's intriguing to the Pelicans. Because 
man. This is this is a flat draft, and unless you happen to be in love with Jarrett Culver or Darius Garland or whoever, um, I don't know who's moving into the four spot. Kurt, I think Jazz fans have heard the name D'Angelo Russell enough that I need to ask you about <laughs> his impact if he were to be brought into this organization. You know what? He is a guy who a few years ago you would not have wanted in the organization, right? I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, I, look, I was Los Angeles-based. He has developed, he has matured, and I think this is a situation where sometimes guys need to be traded and to get out of a situation to fully, under, you know, to fully appreciate where they're at, or, or, or I should say to grow up and kind of, in his case, mature. He just, things were not, he was a problem in Los Angeles. It was beyond just the stuff that was public. And now he's kind of seen as a leader, and part of it is that his jump shot started falling a little better this year, but I think he's just matured into a good player. I think if you get him now, you get, this, you get what you need in that you get a, a real competitor at the point, but also a secondary shot creator. Uh, to go next to Donovan Mitchell, a guy who can um, find other guys, you know, find angles or find spot up shooters everywhere, or hit hit uh, you know uh, Gobert on the roll, but also plays pretty smart and can pre- you know get his own shot. I mean, he it's going to cost a lot of money, but he would be a good fit, and he's young. I mean, he is much closer to the um, the same timeline as Donovan Mitchell is, certainly more so than like Ricky or anybody. Uh, Kemba Walker made a comment today where he said something along the lines of, I might be willing to give a bit of a hometown discount. Do you think those comments are genuine, and do you think he stays in Charlotte? Yeah. I do. That, like I said, I think that's the buzz. And I, I had heard from his camp, but even, um, he said this during an interview at Summer League to people, myself included, but there was a group of us, that you know, he really likes it there. This is a city where he's not a guy who needs the big entourage, and now, look, he can go out to dinner in a movie with his family in Charlotte, and he might have to pose for a couple of pictures, but it's not like, you know, it's not a city where he's got to bring a security guard with him to do that. Um, he really likes that. The other thing is that the, I think there could be, I mean, look, he can get the Supermax, which is roughly five years, $221 million, the most any other team could offer, you know, Utah, whoever, you know, whatever team wanted to go get him, Lakers, it's I have four years, $141 million. That's a pretty steep drop, right? There's some wiggle room in there for that fifth year to not be the full max that kind of freaks out the the, the Charlotte uh, ownership, just because that's such a big number and that's not a big market, and still find and still keep their star and the guy that that packs the building and the and that, that that's beloved in the town. So, I'm I'm guessing they'll find a middle ground to get this done. Like I said, the buzz around the league is that that's that they're going to find a way to make this happen. When you also look at the uh, situation with Mike Conley and uh, John Morant most likely going to Memphis, yeah. it, do you anticipate that there'll be, a, there'll be a move there, and do you think it happens around draft day? I absolutely think there will be a move there. Whether it happens, maybe it happens around draft day. It kind of depends on what the packages are and, and what, you know, obviously Memphis is looking to get guys on the, the John Morant, and they've got uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who was really great last year get guys on that timeline um so kind of what comes available i don't again this is such a kind of weirdly flat draft that i don't know how much they'll move here but i think if it doesn't happen then it'll happen in early you know it'll happen before the season it'll happen in early july uh, i think he'll be on the move i think that they are ready to i mean it's kind of weird to say turn the keys over to the guy you haven't drafted yet but i, I just think that they realize 
finally that the grit and grind era is over and it's time to rebuild. And let's just, you know, there's something to be said for taking your lumps for a couple of years. I mean, put a veteran or two on that roster, but take your lumps for a couple of years and let these guys learn some hard lessons and, and be better for it in a couple of years. R.J. Barrett's kind of gone all in with the Knicks. Do you think that's where he ends up? If the Knicks keep, keep that pick. Uh, the, the, Knicks, the Knicks are finding out that uh, the number three pick and, and, and Kevin Knox is probably not enough to get you um, Anthony Davis. Yeah. There seems to be a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, we'll see. They're trying hard to move down and move out of that pick, I've heard. Uh, whoever takes it, though, will take R.J. Barrett third. And uh, he, he obviously he wants to be a Nick. And I think he honestly, is, at least as a rookie, has the potential. I mean, he is a guy who had to – he was averaging 22-7 and seven at Duke on a ab- absolutely stacked team. And he was about a year ago. He would have been the consensus number one pick. You know, that changed over the course of this season. But he was – he's been a highly rated guy for a while. And he could – Honestly, he could have a really good rookie year. I just think the question is where the ceiling is with him. But he could have a, I mean, I think he's going to be a solid wing guy. He certainly can handle the ball. And if he's in New York and they put the ball in his hands, he's, he'll put up numbers. And then finally, I know there's a lot of scuttle around who's to blame with Kevin Durant. Is there anybody that we need? Like, I, I just think we're kind of living in a world where everybody wants to blame somebody. Uh, yeah. To me, and Hans and I spent all day talking about this yesterday. It's like, hey, you know what? Stuff happens. Can we yeah. just, you know, feel bad for the guy that got injured and just move on? Yeah, well, I've been blaming Scotty. Just, you know, I, you I, think, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take no, it. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I think you're kind of right there. I mean, look, they're trying to, to a degree, I guess, protect the player from himself. But at what point, I mean, they didn't, if they thought he was susceptible to this type of injury from being out there, they wouldn't have put him out there. I, I, I think you're right. I think that it's just hard to – well, Kevin Durant really, really wanted to be back out there. Um, the doctors thought he'd you know, it'd been a month of with a, what, what clearly was a grade two calf strain. Um, that's usually about the right recovery time. And so he moved – I mean, I saw him in warm-ups. He was moving fine. Like, it didn't look to hamper him at all. So, you know, I, I guess the question the – one, the one you hear about, by the way, when you talk to trainers about it is – he played 12 of the first 14 minutes in that game, and they didn't ease him back in. It wasn't short bursts at all. Um, that's the one everybody kind of wonders about. Mm, interesting. When when Jalen Rose went off and, and talked about people being disingenuous and not caring, was he talking about the Golden State Warriors general manager? I think a little bit of that, yeah. I think that he – there's a lot of players who think that the team needed to do a better job of, of – of this, that, of keeping him out, um, and that they were rushing him back. Um, I, I, I look. Do I? I don't really doubt. Honestly, <laughs> they were down three-one. Yes, they wanted him back. And by the way, they were plus six in the minutes he was on the fiat floor, and they won by one. Like those, those minutes mattered. They were looked so much better when he was out there. Um, I think there's a lot of players who think that, but the part, the other part of that is. I mean, isn't that just the mentality we kind of almost expect from athletes now, which is, I want to get back out there. You've got to get me back out there. I've got to play through this. I've got to help my team. You know, we kind of, you know, hey, Ronnie Lott cut off a finger, and, you know, NHL guys are playing through broken bones, and, and you know, that's just kind of the mentality we've, fair or not, come to expect, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, Kevin Durant did that, and it, 
I'm, cu- I'm more curious what the long-term impact of that is. Does the next guy who's suffering an injury take a little bit longer now because of this? I mean, like, th- does it impact that that side of this a little bit? Well, Derek Rose was the first one I can remember that took extended time. And when they said, mm-hmm. no, you're ready, he said, no, I'm not. I, I can't remember one before that, but the, th- that yeah. was one of the most recognizable ones uh, probably and, in the history of the sport. Kawhi, yeah. And Kawhi, Kawhi to a degree. And I think that there's been – and you saw – I mean, in the NFL you've seen this a little bit too where the, there's players that don't totally trust the team doctors, right? Because yeah. ultimately that guy's played, paid by the team and his interests are not your interests necessarily. So, you know, was that the case here? Again, I, I know Durant really wanted back on the floor. Was, was, was this – that kind of situation? I don't know. But, but there is an inherent conflict of interest there that I'd be really concerned about if I were a player. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, Kurt. I look forward to it. Take care, guys. You got it. Kurt Heelan, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.